Welcome to Open House, the Saskatoon Business Podcast, where we highlight Saskatoon's epic business culture by interviewing their best and brightest owners. We strive to deliver value in one simple model. What's in it for you? I'm your host, Scott Ziegler. What are you, some kind of real estate agent? Oh, he's a realtor. There is a difference somehow. Hello, everyone. Yes, I am a realtor broadcasting from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, probably the best place in Canada to live, especially in the spring, summer and fall. Winter, well, it gets a little cold here, but we managed to get by. I know our guest would have something to say about that as she probably wishes it was winter 10 months of the year here. A fun fact about Saskatoon is that we summer hard here. We're known as a festival city and we're at the time of recording, we're just about to head into festival season. So it's always an exciting time in our city. Before I introduce the guest, I need to ask you a favor. If you enjoy the podcast, consider following it in your favorite podcast player app. If you like what you hear today from me or our guest, consider taking a screenshot of the episode and posting it to your stories or social media and tag me or her, either one of us. It's an easy way to show us some love and it's an absolutely free way for you to support the show. I know I would really appreciate it. Season two has been a lot of fun to record and prep for so far as we dive into local influencers and how they've built their businesses. And today's guest is literally a local celebrity. I'm super nervous for this interview. At the same time, I'm fanboying over here because it's so exciting. It's going to be great. So you'll know today's guest is a former Saskatchewan Wanderer the creator of the wildly popular brand, The Lost Girl's Guide to Finding the World. Her name is Ashlyn George. Most of you probably know Ashlyn. I've followed her for many years and I've watched as she's posted and written about some of the most beautiful places in the world and some of the most beautiful places here in our own province. And today, as much as I'd love to sit here and talk about all of her adventures, I want to dig deep into the back end of running this type of business, the back end of what it's like to run a business as an influencer, how she goes about doing it. And I hope that uh, it brings a lot of value to the listeners that are here because it is a business podcast. And I want to give you guys uh, guests and advice that will help you run, manage and grow your business. So as we get into Ashlyn's bio, she's a multi-award-winning travel writer, photographer, content creator, and speaker from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. She is the go-to travel and adventure expert in the province of Saskatchewan, frequently appearing on CTV, Global, and CBC News and radio channels. She's been featured in the New York Times by 52 Places Traveler, by Kayak as the top 10 travel hacker in 2019, and Explore Magazine article on the seven epic female adventures. Ashlyn has traveled 60 countries on all seven continents, all before the age of 30. A passionate outdoor and adventure traveler, her love of discovering new things and sharing it with others is what led her to launch her blog, The Lost Girl's Guide to Finding the World. With more than 70,000 engaged followers and readers, her social media channels educate and inspire others to explore their world in search of adventure. Today, Ashlyn travels and crafts content for magazines and tourism boards, including such as CAA Magazines, World Nomads, Matador Network, Indigenous Tourism Association of Canada, Travel Alberta, 
Newfoundland and Labrador Tourism, and Tourism Ireland. She also partners with national companies like The Weather Network, NFL Canada, Air Miles, McDonald's, and Ford to creatively share their messages through her social media channels. So without further ado, I'm extremely grateful and excited to introduce Ashlyn George to the podcast. Ashlyn George, thank you for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having me on. I'm so excited about this. I am too. I know that... um, you're super busy. Uh, as anybody that follows you know that the last two or three weeks you've been away. You know, I, I imagine you come home to do laundry, and I know that this weekend you're you're off on another adventure. So it, this podcast has been a while in the making. That's been that was my fault, but um, I'm I'm glad that you made time for us. I am too. I'm looking forward to this. So let me hit you with a question right off the start. Do you consider yourself an influencer? I guess technically a lot of people call me that. I generally don't like to call myself that, um, but that is kind of where I've ended up in one fa- like asset facet of my business. I listened to, so in researching the show, I, I, I did a bunch of research on you, anything that I could find. And you made a comment about value, you know, and I, I, I believe the same thing. I always think to myself before I hit publish, what, what value am I bringing to, to my audience versus how does it make me look? Um, and, and I, you know, can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. So for me, being an influencer, or lots of times I use the word content creator, right. it's actually just a byproduct of what I do and who I am. So I consider myself an expert in a specific niche or an industry. And then you gain kind of recognition because you have that knowledge and that experience in that industry. So for me, it's um, it started out as global travel and solo female travel, outdoor adventure, mm-hmm. Saskatchewan. Those are kind of my niches. And because I know a lot about that, people come to me for information or details and, you know, to whether it's to plan their own trips or just to learn more about something. So becoming what people call an influencer has just become is a byproduct of all of that. And I think that's the difference versus somebody who wakes up one day and says, I'm going to be an influencer. What is their why? Mm-hmm. So that helps me understand my value because I already know my why because I'm living and doing my why. And then what I've built and how it's kind of turned has just become a byproduct right, of that, all of that. That's an awesome, that's an awesome awesome answer i think that people try and force it it's like okay the social media thing you got to be an influencer to sell something today i'm going to be an influencer what what, now now what do i do but you you it it happened in reverse you you know you you brought the value and you ended up being influential in the process exactly and and how did you get passionate about travel to begin with um i guess it kind of goes back i have like a little philosophy that um I did five years in university, and if I could spend five years learning in an institution, I could spend five years traveling, essentially. Um, so I planned five years of travel around the world. I came back to Saskatchewan, and I you know, drove equipment for the city of Saskatoon in the summer months, and then I would leave and travel again. Um, and that's kind of where I discovered who I was, what I was passionate about, that I really loved travel. And the whole meaning behind the Lost Girl's Guide to Finding the World is the fact that I just really didn't know what I was going to do, how it was going to how my life was going to go. And even today, although it looks like I have everything figured out, I'm still like, I don't know what's going to happen in the next five years. So it was just kind of a path of self-discovery and travel happened to be the way that that self-discovery happened for me. Sounds like a Hallmark movie in the making. (laughs) (laughs) And when did you realize, or when did maybe a light bulb go off that 
you could turn your passion into a business? So I started blogging in late 2013, and that was just a passion project. I had no intention of monetizing it. I just wanted to do it because, again, people were curious and interested about travel and wanted to know more, and I could create a corner of the internet that I could share that information with Mm -hmm. people. And then I got hired in 2015 as the Saskatchewan Wanderer here back at home in Saskatchewan. Um, So I flew back for the job, and I knew before I ever got back in Canada, that that was my opportunity to network and make the connections that I would need. So in 2016, when the position was over, I could take my career full time and figure it out as I go. But like I could do something with that. And I had that opportunity to make that happen. And I'm glad you mentioned that because it's actually the next question I have. I I heard you talk about that before. And and being the the business podcast, you know, again, I would love to talk about the travel, but I think that there's people that that don't understand the back end of of what you do. And to me, the word that came to mind was strategic. I mean, you knew going into the Saskwander 2015 that that was an opportunity to network, you know, to to build your brand, you know, to expand your tent pegs, if you will. And so, tell us a little bit more about sort of your thought process or your philosophy behind that because I think that a lot of people in business kind of going back to my earlier comment that hey today I'm going to become an influencer a lot of people I think say well today I'm going to start a business where the process of starting a business is sometimes six months to a year out from actually starting the business and that was exactly how it was for me like I was building the steps towards towards where I am today back in 2013 when I just launched the blog for fun. And I didn't quite know it then. Like it's kind of come together as I've grown. Um, But I think there's a couple really important things. I think the first one is just saying yes. So through travel and blogging and applying to be the Sask Wanderer and that year is the Wanderer, I just said yes to everything because I knew it could lead me somewhere. And then it was trying to strategically figure out, okay, like how as a business you need to make a profit, right? Right. So how can I monetize this? How can I make it work? Because actually a lot of the work I do doesn't always pay me either. Like, Like today. Yeah, right. You do a lot of things that don't pay you, but do have payoffs. So down the road, it all comes together. So, you know, you can land contracts with McDonald's Canada or the NFL or whoever, Mm -hmm. right? It's all these little building blocks that come together. And sometimes you can't always see it when you're doing it. But I always say, say yes to things, but then also have a balance too, because you don't want to tip so far into saying yes, that you burn yourself out either. Cool. Yeah. And I mean, coming from a a farming background, you obviously are very familiar with, you know, the the principle of, of sowing and reaping and, and seed time and harvest. And you don't always know when you plant the seed. And, and, I'm, and I'm grateful today because I've, I'm not ignorant to the fact that there isn't an apparent value or monetary value for you today for your time. Um, and I also know that you've made yourself available, you know, throughout the years in that exact same scenario where there's like, you're not getting a paycheck today. It's not a, a sponsored, you know, gig, but you don't, always know where that's going to lead to, you know, to an opportunity down the road. And it's just like with networking, you meet somebody and two years later, something connects you back with them or they recommended you or things like that pop up for me all the time. And it spans over years. So it's a long-term game and it's a long-term strategy. It's not something that happens overnight. Cool. So um, just as a side note, uh, do you still live off of your previous year's wages? I do. (laughs) 
Yeah. So I live a year ahead of myself. So everything that I earned in 2020, I'm living off of this year. I've got it all budgeted and sorted by month, <laughs> all the details. And then, yeah, everything I'm making this year um, will either be, you know, saved and invested. And then I have the set amount that I need to live on that I'll live on for next year. Cool. So have you ever <laughs> considered um, adding like budgeting management and all that kind of stuff to your repertoire? I do talk about it a little bit because I say like I probably should have been a financial writer instead mm -hmm. of a travel writer. It's just I traveled and travel's really glamorous too. Yeah. So people love people love reading about travel. People don't always love reading about finances because it's hard and people struggle with their money. Um, but I think my budgeting and financial knowledge like weaves its way through absolutely everything I do and all of the choices I make. Well, then even what you just said about you never know when an opportunity comes. At some point, you can almost I could almost guarantee at some point you're going to be asked to write a series of articles on how to budget for, you know, for travel and you'll be able to do it, you know, just because you live that lifestyle. Totally. Yeah. So you've, you've grown your following, you know, as the bio said, you know, over 70,000, um, you know, and, and engaged followers. Was that always a goal of yours to get that big or was it just, it, it just, as it happened, you, you worked towards it? It's something constant and consistent that I'm always like working on, I guess you could say. It's not the be all end all of my business. Mm -hmm. Um, so if, you know, if Instagram disappeared tomorrow, my business wouldn't collapse. I've been very smart about, you know, not putting all my eggs in one basket, but having a following has given me opportunities and it's, it's kind of like I'm a magazine, right? And I can advertise for people because I have a readership through my social media channels. And that's been a really big benefit. And it was was timed perfectly with where we are in the world today and where social media has gone. Mm -hmm. I was a little bit in the right place at the right time. I don't have a, I guess it's perspective. I don't feel like I have a huge following, but I have a very like engaged and dedicated audience that are genuinely interested in what I'm doing. Which and is I, better than the numbers. Exactly. It's numbers are vanity metrics that you look at it and you're like, well, what does that actually mean? Are all of those people engaged? Are they interested? Do you get, you know, are people reading what you're writing? Are they clicking through to blogs or products or whatever it might be? Mm -hmm. So, so I, I heard you say, and, and now this would have been, I think 2019 already, that a lot of your revenue came from um, magazines and blogs versus social media. Um, I'm wondering in the last couple of years, A, has that changed? And, and B, I would think that, you know, the, having that social proof of, of that social media then, you know, allows you to, to write those magazines and those blogs. Totally. It it definitely has been changing. Every year is different. I kind of have four pillars to my business. It, it changes a little bit too, but there's the traditional travel writing where I'll write for another client, whether it's on their blog or their magazine. Um, I have my social media platforms and channels. I do a lot of workshops and speaking events, whether that's emceeing or you know, speaking at an event. And then I do video work as well. That could be on camera, that could be behind the camera. And people don't always realize I'll shoot videos for clients and just my name's not attached mm -hmm. to it. I don't do a lot of that. Um, and so I've watched the percentage of those shift over the years. And even so social media is growing, but it's growing in a different way too, because I'm leveraging my blog a little bit more now. Um, and then obviously working with other clients. But for me, the biggest move is to make my income as passive as possible because it's hard to not know where a paycheck is coming yeah. from. 
So it's, yeah, it's always shifting and changing and I'm hoping to shift it a bit even more this year and yeah, and next e year. Even as, I mean, even as a realtor, I mean, if we, we don't sell, we don't, we don't eat, you know? So if you sell anything for a month or two, then yeah, I, 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 I get that part of it with your, with your, your four pillars. Um, and I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to, I was going to ask you about that. Where do you, or how do you, I guess, sort of derive the value from a, a speaking engagement to a post or whatever, like obviously trial and error over the years, but. So sometimes like not everything is interconnected, but oftentimes it is. So even um, I worked with Farm Credit Canada last year when we could still meet in person. Um, and I emceed a series of conferences across the country, but it's still linked to me and who I was because it's rooted in agriculture. I grew up on a grain farm. I, you know, still pop back to my parents are still actively farming. Yep. I pop back there and help we out. See that. So it's all just making sure that everything I choose to do in my business is connected to me and who I am and is authentic in that way. So either I'm interested in it or I'm already a fan or aware of the company or whatever it might mm -hmm. be. Um, and then, so it's just always kind of keeping that as my root in terms of what I'm doing in my business. Okay. And at what point did you see yourself kind of morphing from a regular person on, you know, on, on social media, like, you know, posting a picture of your breakfast in the morning to, you know, more brand, you know, like switching to, to more of that, that brand account. Do you, can you remember back to when it's like, okay, I'm not posting that stuff anymore. Now I'm, I'm going sort of this direction. I would say it was probably, um, leading up to the year I became the Sasquanderer. And then I didn't post a lot on the lost girls guide that year, just because some of it was a conflict of interest. Mm -hmm. Um, I still did international travel that year. So I shared that. Um, and then just knowing that the second I got hired in that job, that it was now officially a profession for me. And so the lost girls guide always had that business angle. I created it. It like, I have my own personal Instagram account and I had that before the lost girls guide was ever created. So like I had a soft launch for my blog and social media channels when, when it happened. So mm -hmm. the lost girls guide was always created with that intention that it was more professional than my personal life. Okay. And how do you, how do you balance that now? Because I, I mean, I even just scrolled through, you know, your, your feed and I mean, your feed and it's something actually that I'm learning throughout this sort of influencer season on the podcast is how important the feed is. I mean, it's a very, very on brand feed and there's virtually no personal stuff on it. There's the odd post with, with your mom. And I know that your mom comes on your adventure adventures. And I think, I think that's pretty cool, but there, there really is no personal on it. But then I think the flip side of that sometimes is your life is like you're, you're posting what you're doing and it just so happens to be what you're doing is what, what your business is. And, and I think the same for myself. It's like nobody really wants to see me post. Like I struggle with, do I post my personal stuff and, and my business stuff? But my personal stuff is usually like playing golf clash on my phone, laying on the couch and then, and then I'm working. So I struggle with that myself. So how, how do you balance the, the personal and the professional? Um, and do you feel that you, you've kind of gotten lost, like, you know, in, you know, you're, 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 you're now just Ashlyn George, the, you know, the travel writer, not just Joe, average Joe on the street. That's a, that's a really good question. So I definitely do have certain parts of my life that I don't share publicly because it can be exhausting putting everything out there or then people expect it. And sometimes I want to come home and have little pieces of my life that are just for me and mm -hmm. don't have to be shared out 
to the whole world and to everybody, um, just for privacy. And just personally, it's kind of my balance. It keeps me sane. That doesn't mean it won't change in the future because my channel is always changing as I change and grow because it's, it's based around my passions mm -hmm. and interests. But yeah, I definitely like to kind of keep a corner of my life that is a little bit more private. I do share like, yeah, my, my mom and dad pop into my channel here and there, but I always make sure it's okay with the people I'm with that they know this might, this might be written about as an article or this might end up on social media. But I think one of my niches is like solo female travel too. And, and that's changed now as well as it, this is my business. So I want people to to be able to see that you can go and you can do this on your own. And then it's more about like the place and being able to visualize yourself in that place because I'm sharing about locations mm -hmm. too, right? So it's not just necessarily about me and my personal life, although I know there are people who would probably be curious or want to know more of those personal details, but I'm not... I'm not a lifestyle blogger. I'm an outdoor adventure blogger. Mm -hmm. And so I try to keep to that niche. Well, I noticed that you and, and you know, I guess people in, in your niche or people like you with Instagram stories, the stories is where you see that the personal side, you know, hey, I popped into the farm. I, you know, I popped into this shop or that shop, but that stuff doesn't make it to the feed. Totally. So there's lots of times that you get way more of the story by following my Insta stories than you do in just that one photo mm -hmm. I've posted. And actually, that's probably why I like Insta stories most out of any platform and any part of any platform is because you just get a, it's a real moment and you get to be real with people about stuff. Yeah. And, and, you know, you had mentioned that you're, you're, channel is ever changing you know your your feed is ever changing and it's kind of the chicken and egg question do you do you remember looking back and saying like my following grew after i started posting a certain content or you know did did you start posting a certain content as your following started to grow like or or do you look at your your metrics that way um i I need to make sure at the end of the day, what I'm doing makes me happy because that's the most important thing, especially when I have an account. So linked to what my personal interests are, mm -hmm. I obviously know what works best or what could do better. And for me, I'm, it's not all about the numbers. It's just making sure that that value is there. But I also know when there's, you know, like I, I wrote a blog recently about the best cabins to rent in Saskatchewan and I knew it would do well because first off, everybody's asking for yeah. that. The climate's right <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. And I've been to pretty much all of them and have like, I seek those things out. And so but that's still right on brand with me, mm -hmm. right? So I can see the things within my brand and my niche that will work well. And of course I go after it and, and make that happen. Right. But I always say too, I'm an adventurer first and then a content creator, photographer, writer second, because it's cool to go out and do a photo shoot, but that photo shoot actually doesn't have any meaning for the most part. It's when you have an adventure and you have the stories to share because you don't always need a top tier photo if you have a really good story to tell too. Yeah, people like to do stuff like quote unquote for the gram. You know, it's like, oh, I, I went here and I got this great photo for the gram, but I hated every every minute of it or whatever. Yeah, or you post it up and you add a quote to it because you just went for the photo, you didn't go for the experience. And so that's what I always try to remember yep. is that like I, I want to have an experience and I want to actually be present in this moment, not staring behind my camera screen the whole time. That's cool. Cause I've, I've actually been guilty of that. I've, I got some brand photos done last year, you know, to simply have an image for a quote. And I think, I mean, I think there's a place for that, but um, I, I, I like, 
I like that aspect of it. Uh, you know, I think people gravitate to why, uh, going back to your why, why you're there, why you're doing it, not just the fact that you did it. Um, just want to, sh- you know, as we wrap up um, sort of the section, I want to talk a little bit more about content creation. Um, but mental health right now is kind of a, a, to- a hot topic. I mean, rightfully so. Um, I have two questions for you that, that kind of came to mind as I was dealing with this. Um, how do you deal with the negative aspect of being out there? I mean, you talked about, you know, kind of having your, your personal boundaries, but you, you mean, you still are out there as much as anybody is. So how do you deal with the negative that comes? And then sort of just a follow up question that we were just talking about. Um, like from our side of the lens, it looks like you have like this perfect life. You know, you're traveling, you get to see these amazing places, but what's it like to always be on and, and always having to feel like I need to produce this content? Um, you know, so how do you deal with the negative and then always sort of having to be on? Um, the negative can be really hard. People just say whatever they want online. I'm very fortunate that what I do is pretty positive mm-hmm. stuff to share. Sure. And, um, I'm also careful with what I say and how I say it as well. I'm very strategic with what I put out there, hoping I don't misstep and say something wrong or incorrect or dumb where I might get attacked for it. Um, when it comes down to negative stuff, sometimes you just literally straight up ignore it. And then sometimes there's an opportunity for conversation where you can ask somebody and say, you know, why do you feel that way? Or why was your reaction like that? I'm pretty straightforward. So I'm not calling people out, but I'm just saying like, Hey, that's, you know, a little, you know, a little (laughs) off color there. I don't know if you needed to say that, or, you know, somebody the other day commented on, you know, the color of my skin and how pasty it was. And like, I have white skin. That's the most privileged I can be. But it was and still we're coming interesting. Through, we're coming through winter right now where it hasn't yeah. seen sun in, in seven months. But And I just, like, you just brush it off. And I'm like, I actually love my skin. This is this is me. And I don't need to change it. And I don't want to change it. So, like, I'm cool if I look super white. <laughs> like, no big deal. And, like, that's not even a negative comment. But, you know, you get things like that yeah. or you read it the wrong way. And you just got to brush it off or vent it out to somebody. I usually call my mom and I'm like, Oh, this comment. And then I talk about it and then I'm done. And, but it's, yeah, it's a weird world out there. And I just think everybody's going through stuff. And so maybe that's where their comments are coming from, or they just don't understand the behind the scenes or the background. Um, Moving into sort of a couple of questions on content creation. Um, One of the questions is actually going to be around your four pillars, but you, you, you addressed that already. So how much, time like what does your schedule look like obviously you have to travel you have to you know build the adventures but then you have to find time to you know whittle that down create the content and and push it out so like on a a a typical eight or a ten hour day is it specifically scheduled in and you know, I almost hate to ask how much time you spend on it, but uh. there are no eight or 10 hour days. <laughs> They're like 16 or 18 hour days. I worked, I worked from like 8 a.m. till 1.30 a.m. yesterday. And I don't take hour long lunch breaks, right? I usually eat at my desk. Um, that's probably one of the biggest things I struggle with is balance and time off. And even you had asked earlier too, like, you know, 
the separation between my job and my work because this is what I love to do and I'm not very good at it. I'm my own worst enemy though. I call my mom all the time and I'm like, mom, I'm doing it again. (laughs) And I don't change anything. So I love what I do, but it also actually really drains me and is really exhausting. And that's been something I've been thinking about the last little while. Um, Content creation takes hours and hours and hours. And you like, I literally cannot have an adventure and post in the same day anymore because you have four different cameras and memory cards and you have to pull the story together and it doesn't all like you can't, you don't have enough hours in the day for it. So even I put up a post just the other night, it was a post on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and a series of maybe eight Insta stories. And I think it took me four hours from start to finish to Mm -hmm. be able to go through, find the things I need, edit them, add the text, write the story, put it all together, it's insanely time consuming. Yeah. And that's just one post. So it can be, it, it can be a lot sometimes. Yeah. And, and, I, and I get it. I was actually, uh, I did the math on the way in, into the studio today on this interview. What, you know, what, what is it going to, how many hours is this going to put in? And, and, you know, it's like a half an hour to set up by email, an hour of research, you know, the, the interview setup, takedown interview, you know, hour long post-production getting snippets ready posting it so basically it's a, it's an eight hour process for for one interview from the time i send you the first email to you know i'm i'm actually posting stuff on on social media and of course that's not i mean and that that eight hours is over the course of of, of two weeks right so you you add in a bunch of other stuff so no i i i totally get it um into the content creation side of things one thing i noticed it's actually really weird that you did it yesterday as you, you, you did the tourism Estevan video. Yes. I noticed that you actually don't do a lot of video. Um, there's, or there's certainly not a lot of video on your, your feed. Um, and you know, I use air quotes and I say they tell us that, you know, video is starting to, to trump all. What, what are your thoughts on that? Are you moving more towards video or from the, I mean, it, it's even, that's even more time consuming than, than photos. And I, I know that because I shoot a lot of videos. So what are your thoughts on video? Yeah. So I agree. They do like the stats are there that video outperforms photo posts, um, by a huge amount. A lot of people love watching video. Um, but for me and my business, it doesn't always make sense. The amount of work and time and the team that you need to put a video together. So the, the video I shared out yesterday, that was a whole production company that put that together. And of course, like I, I helped because it was, I was part of the story. So like I added in part of the itinerary and, and the script and stuff. But that takes a whole team of people to put it together. So unless you have the budget to afford that, and then while you can monetize video, if it's performing really well and monetize it through your channels, so like YouTube, even Facebook, you can monetize it. Um, it takes a lot of time and effort to get there. And right now, because I'm a travel writer and I sell photographs and I sell photographs to clients, I can have photos from six years ago that I can still sell today, but I can't film a video six years ago and resell it mm-hmm. or sell pieces of it because it just doesn't usually work that way. People want or need different things, even if it's something as simple as vertical to horizontal. And so for me right now, it's way too time intensive, way too much work, and I can't sell it in the same way afterwards. (laughs) So uh, as we move into the second segment of the show, I want to dig a little bit deeper um, into the sort of the, the running of a business. And we interrupt this program for today's shameless plug. If you want more information on this podcast and the host, or any information on the Saskatoon real estate market, including market stats, neighborhood profiles, or any listing that's currently for sale, 
You can find it all on the web at onlineopenhouse.ca. That's onlineopenhouse.ca. I'm also on all major social channels. It's called social media for a reason. Add me. Let's get social. Now, back to the show. I have a few questions that I ask everybody at the end of the show. And so the first one for you is, what do you think the definition of a successful business is? So this is probably super general, but I think um, being happy while also making a profit. Because if you're, business, if you're a business, that's the whole point, is that you're actually making money to live off of, right? Um, to support yourself. But you need to be happy doing that as well. And that doesn't mean like, I know my I know what my life looks like and it, like it is wonderful, but there are hard days. That doesn't mean I'm happy every day. That doesn't mean I love reading 15 page contracts and deciphering, okay, what is all this legalese and what do I need to know about it? Um, But I think at the end of the day, you need to be happy with what you're doing and where you're taking your business, but you also need to be making a profit as well. For sure. Good answer. And I think, you know, you, you you said it's, it's, it's general, which it is, but I think even more so in the online or influencer space, I mean, you have to be genuine. And if, if you hate what you do, but you put a smile on for the camera, you, you might be able to fake it, you know, for a week, a month, a year, but long-term it won't be a career for you. Exactly. And then, um, I really believe personally that people learn from experiences. I mean, as a teacher, you would probably agree with that. I mean, I know myself, I, I always look at people and say, what are they doing right? And can I emulate that? What do I think they're doing wrong? And I, I don't want to do so with yourself personally, what is one of the weaknesses that you think that you have as a business owner? Um, not asking for help and knowing how to balance my life. I'm like an all in kind of person and it's, it's burning me out. Um, and I know I need to ask for help in certain parts of my business, but I'm pretty stubborn or sometimes it feels like that's a barrier just to figure out, okay, what do I need? How do I access it? And you know, how do I go about taking those steps? Cool. And you know, it's interesting. I, I, I was turned down by somebody to come on the podcast for the, for the influencer season. And I know it's hard to believe that anybody would, but, um, her, her, her reasoning was, is that nothing against me, the podcast or podcasting in general, it doesn't fire her up. She said that, that she said it just, the thought of it is just didn't excite me. And so I'm not going to do it. And I actually really tried to twist her arm because I think she'd be great. But um, she just said, listen, I, I appreciate it, but it's just not what gets me out of bed in the morning. And I'm trying to get to a place where I'm only doing those activities. So I think it speaks to what to what you said. And that's what I've been trying to do. I, I get a lot of invites and offers. And while I enjoy or like a lot of those businesses that reach out to me, it just doesn't fit or I don't have enough time in, in finding those boundaries of what I need to say yes to mm-hmm. and what I need to say no to. And I hate saying no to anything, but you just have to, I can't, yeah. I can't do everything and nor should I do everything right. either. Well, I know I said it once, but I, I do appreciate you being here. Um, <laughs> so I guess the flip side of that question is what is one of your strengths? What's something that you think you do really well? Authenticity. It, my, pages about me. And yes, it doesn't show every single detail of my life, but those are my interests. Those are my passions. When you see me that excited, like I'm genuinely (laughs) that excited about weird and strange and random things and roadside attractions. Like I love 
my life is all about enjoying like the little things in life, the simple pleasures, recognizing incredible moments and, you know, where you wouldn't expect them. And so being very authentic about that. And I think that's where I found success too, is every time I go on, it's because I'm, I'm feeling something about what I'm sharing. Yeah. And I would, and, and, you know, just from an outsiders or a, a fan point of view, I would say that your authenticity definitely shines through. I, in fact, I, you know, I'd never really thought too deeply about it, but I don't ever remember thinking to myself that was staged. You know, I, I, it's never come across that way anyways. So Ashlyn, I want to get to the final word and I want to leave the final word with you. This is the Saskatoon business podcast. After all, what's one piece of advice that you could leave for an aspiring business owner or even established business owner that you think they could use and implement starting today to make a difference and grow their business? If you want it or need it, you can 100% learn it and figure it out. And I always say it's not fake it until you make it. There's none of that. It's actually figure it out until you make it. Because there's a learning process that you go through for everything. And so if, you know, you want to start a business or in your business and you don't know where to go or what to do, you just actually need to learn and figure it out. But it takes work and it also takes time. Love it. You know what? I I absolutely love it. I'm part of lots of Facebook groups for my business, you know, a a group for YouTube, a group for Facebook, a group for video and, and all the different, you know, the different things. People ask all the time, hey, how do I do this? Or I'm struggling with doing this. And the answer that I always give them is spend three hours on YouTube. You will learn how to use that program. And if you're not willing to spend three hours on YouTube, then either hire it out or don't do it. But I don't say this, but in the back of my mind, I'm kind of thinking like, quit, quit whining about it and figure it out or, or just don't do it. But posting on here that you're frustrated isn't, isn't going to help you. Exactly. And even I tell a quick story about when I got the Saskatchewan job, I really didn't know anything about editing or making videos. So I literally flew home from, I think I was in Zambia and I flew back to Canada and I got home Friday night. I had to be at work Monday morning. Saturday, I went to the library and I took out one of those yellow books, you know, the dummies guide to whatever. (laughs) And it was the dummies guide to like DSLR video and filmmaking. And I read that whole book that weekend. And then I Googled everything I needed to know how to learn how to use mics. I had a friend who knew how to use editing software. He gave me an intro to it. Like you figure it out as you go. And that's, that's where you'll find success is if you're always willing to learn and figure things out. And five years later, you're virtually an expert at it and you're making a living doing it because you picked up one book from the library. And always still learning. Exactly. Well, Ashlyn, that's all for today. Um, thank you so much for making the time, you know, going back to a couple of comments that we made about, you know, not monetizing, you know, for you for this and, 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 and saying yes. And so I know that I appreciate it. I know our guests will appreciate it. So thankful that you're here. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. Those are really great questions. And I don't want to assume that everybody knows who you are and, you know, where to find you, but um, where can people find out more about you? Yeah. So I'm online, uh, thelostgirlsguide.com. You can find me Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. My handle is pretty much the Lost Girls Guide. You'll be able to search and find me there. Cool. Well, thank you. And thanks to all the listeners who joined the show today. I hope you'll stick around and consider following the podcast. If you want to see our guest in person, we post snippets on the YouTube channel. Uh, The link is in the bio. You can find it there. And again, my name is Scott Ziegler, realtor based here in Saskatoon and your host of the Saskatoon Business Podcast. Uh, Signing off from sunny Saskatoon. And if there's anything in this world that I can do to serve you, please reach out to me because as always, I'm just happy to help.
Thanks so much for listening to Open House, the Saskatoon Business Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from.